Welcome back, Pitball Nerds, to episode 78. My name's Albert Agar, also known as Orbital Albert, mostly by myself. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the top five things that I really liked about the Munsters upon my first review, my first sightings. I haven't actually played it, and as you guys know, I will not actually rate a machine until I've actually played it. So... Without further ado, let's just get right into it, guys. Okay, so number five. I'm going to go in order of how much I liked it. So we're going to start with the thing that I liked fifth of everything on the machine. And I liked a lot about this machine, by the way. So um, I'm going to be doing this. Consider that I'm doing this uh, for the Munsters um, Premium. Uh, I didn't watch all of the pro. I watched most of the pro uh, uh, reveal. Um, and I did watch them play the premium uh, as well. Um, but I really just, yeah, I think that the best feed and the uh, best, uh, if you were only going to watch one of the three of them, the one that you want to watch is the one done at Stern, not at CES, because it's much quieter. There's less lights uh, for glare on the play field. Of course, you have Dwight Sullivan, the uh, head programmer there. You have John Borg, the lead designer. So you have, you know, all, all the important people there to talk about the game as well as better, clearer audio coming in direct, uh, as well as, to be honest, not just like random people that you're not sure who they are coming up and playing the game. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but um, yeah, if you're going to watch one of the three, this is the one to watch. So I will be doing the top five, I guess, on this, because some of these things do not exist on the Pro, but we'll get into more of that later. So number five is how cool the art package looks on the Premium. So for those of you who haven't seen it, what are you waiting for? Get over there and check it out. Um, the pictures are uh, up on Stern now. Uh, I know originally they didn't quite have that up there yet when I went to go look the very first day it came out at CES, but they're up there now. And uh, more importantly, if you take a look at the Pro, the Premium, and the LE all side by side, I think you can really notice when they're showing, when they're asking you which uh, model you'd like to look at, you can really see how the black and white just pops. I don't know why. You wouldn't think black and white would pop better than brilliant bright colors but it just does not only does it fit the format that the monsters of course was you know recorded in black and white but more importantly it just looks awesome it looks stellar it looks killer it looks dope yo like it just looks cool i just i don't know how anyone could not get the premium um yeah, so the I I like the, the artwork looks fine on um I do like that the artwork is different on the Pro. I think the Pro is my second favorite for the artwork package and then Premium maybe the least. I don't know. I just don't dig the the golden kind of the bronzed legs and I didn't like all the red kind of coming in on the 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 artwork on at least the side of the box, but um I don't know. I don't know. I have to see them in person, I think. But from the video that I've seen and from even just Stern's own website showing it, the black and white premium really is premium. It looks super stellar. So check it before you wreck it. Number four. Okay, I, and this is a bit of a spoiler alert. Beow, beow, beow. 
turn off the podcast if you have not watched the entire live feed and don't want to be surprised. What am I talking about? You're listening to this because you want to be spoiled. So let me be your sugar daddy and spoil you. Your sugar podcast daddy, sorry. I'm going to let you know. And maybe, and I know there's other machines that you can kind of sort of do this on, I believe. I think one of them... um, I know there's like Simpsons Pinball Party that has a mini play field. And I know that there's definitely the uh, mini play field that's really cool. The ship on the the new Pirates of the Caribbean by Jersey Jack. But let me tell you, the world under the glass, in the world under the glass, uh, for this particular, not for the Pro, but for the Premium, the LE, Grandpa's Basement has a mini play field underneath it. Uh, underneath the main play field and it's actually a pretty good size play field not only that it has like two ramps it's got a wicked orbit which you got to know orbital albert's gonna love uh even has a smash toy right in the middle called the machine in grandpa's laboratory um there's even a vertical um what is it like a kick up Believe it or not, that's all down there. So I believe it's by far the most complicated lower one. But that's not quite what I'm talking about yet. What I'm talking about is the fact that you can actually play. Now, this doesn't happen often. Most of the time, like three of the four multiballs on the premium are actually on the main field. And then one of them is Grandpa's, which is in the basement. However, if you complete... All of the main modes, like Lily and Herman, and if you if you complete all of the, I don't know, four or five main modes, what happens is you actually get a, a special, uh, it, I don't know if calling it the Mini Wizard is correct, because there's like three different levels, so maybe to get to the Mini Wizard you'd have to beat all of them three times, not just once, but when you beat all of them once, there's a special multi-ball, and I only saw it happen twice through all three feeds I watched, but basically what happens is... Uh, you know, you get it into the hole, it goes down into Grandpa's, and that's kind of how you start the whole thing. And you actually get a Grandpa's multi-ball in the world under glass, under glass, while you're getting a regular multi-ball. I don't know if it's regular, but you're getting a, a multi-ball on the, the regular floor, the main floor, you know, the, the main floor of the, uh, the, the pinball machine. And, and then, so you're actually playing with even if you haven't done an add a ball, you're actually playing with like six balls because you've got three going. I know what you're thinking. Wait, did the flippers all of a sudden work for the the basement and the main one? No. What happens is there's two sets of flippers. It's breaking my brain, Stern. Okay, guys, I'm back. I put my brain back together. I'll be okay. But let me tell you, it's so cool. Like, I just don't understand how are you going to play with all four flipper buttons at once. Does any other pinball machine have this? Um, I was trying to think of all the little mini play fields. I know Dutch Pinball did the the dude, the big big Lebowski. And uh, at the one part when you're doing the bowling part, I know that you're up there going, but I don't think you're ever up there and doing that part. Obviously, when you're playing a game like uh, Total Nuclear Annihilation, at some points you're trying to keep at least one ball inside the reactor thing, and then you're trying to keep the other two balls going down there. So I get that, and tons of other games you have to think about 
um, even Iron Maiden or, or, you know, tons of games. You have to think about while you're in multiball, flipping that upper flipper while sometimes cradle, still being cradled up on the bottom and that sort of thing. So that, that's nearly impossible. Or it's, it's very challenging, but it's a fun challenging, but you can figure it out. But what's nearly impossible, at least to my brain, which is why I said it broke it, is how do you... Obviously, you're not going to be doing much cradling. You're going to have to be playing on the fly on all of these, and you're going to almost look like you're... I don't know. I don't know. I think, like, our brains might have to, like, change. And this is this is revolutionary. This right here could be changing pinball forever. Um, now... Not to go too crazy, but can you imagine a future game like like Haunted House, how it had the three floors, the basement and the attic and the, the main floor? Can you imagine a game like that with three sets of flipper buttons, three action buttons, and you have to use all three of your middle fingers other than your pinky and your thumb? You're using all three of your fingers to separately keep multi-balls going on all three play fields? No, either can I. I can't imagine it. It would never happen. No one would ever be so crazy to do that. However, the the two going at once is just awesome. Maybe some of you might think it's a little hokey or it's a little bit gimmicky. So be it. I don't care. The miniature uh, basement under glass is just so cool as it is. It doesn't even matter. I don't even care if it's gimmicky. It's just, it's, if the gimmick works, baby, then it works, right? Okay, number three, onwards and upwards, Dwight Sullivan's rule sets. So I think that this programmer did a fantastic job. Now, mind you, this doesn't surprise anyone. He obviously, I know, I know that he did a genius job on Star Wars, um, and that still continues to be one of my favorite rule sets of any any games I've played, um, especially of the newer ones. It really does seem balanced, you know, for newer players and. Uh, novices like myself and really good players uh, seems to be really balanced. People like playing it in tournaments. Um, it can run a little bit long, and because of that, I'm not sure if it this was a John John Borg thing, uh, who was a designer, of course, the lead designer on this, or if it was a Dwight Sullivan thing. I'm not sure. I'm guessing a John Borg thing. But whoever came up with it, I really like it. This almost made the list. This is the first game from Stern, and I would have to guess 20 to 30 years that doesn't have a ball save since, like, I don't know, like the mid-80s? I, I'm not sure. Maybe even the late 70s? Did Seawitch have a ball save? No, I'm just kidding. Um, but the, the rule set. I love the rule set. I know that... Dwight Sullivan was even explaining some of the tweaking, so that's just another reason why you've got to watch this Dead Flip feed. You do not have to go to Twitch and watch it. Uh, it is up on YouTube by now, by the way. Um, did I mention I love Jack Danger? Oh, yeah, I probably did. Pretty much every episode. Pro I don't know if I'm more in love with Jack Danger or the Beatles, but, you know, they're, they're pretty much tied up there. And I'm not talking about the band. I'm talking about the game. That's right. Fight me. Fight me. Who, want, who doesn't like the Beatles? I don't care. Someone in London will someday get the, the Beatles or Kitchener-Waterloo. Tom, looking at you, pin-up. Or Hammer City. Some of the Hammer City pinball guys. One of you guys will get it. Or someone will get the Beatles. And wherever it is, I will be there. I will be there with loonies just falling out the backs of my pockets because they're so... My, my pants will be loaded down with loonies because I'll be ready to spend money on it, guys. That being said... 
the only game that I've liked recently from Stern, even more so than the Beatles, so far I think might be the Munsters. So as I was mentioning, uh, Dwight Sullivan was uh, getting Keith Elowin to kind of practice play the Munsters, and he noticed at a certain point, and I don't understand how it works, but your jackpots can be multiplied and further expanded by cashing out more of them. I think Tim Sexton was explaining that uh, in the feed last night. I'm not really sure how that works. But Dwight Sullivan mentioned when the max original jackpot without the multiplier could get up to 750000 they were quite often seeing jackpots that were 80, 90, 100 million, and that was just too far. So now they've backed it down to the max base level for a jackpot is 500,000. And that seems to be more reasonable. Uh, I did see someone last night get like a 50 million jackpot. They cashed out like five jackpots at once. I don't know how you do that. I think you can cancel cashing out certain jackpots. Um, so I just think the rule set seems really cool. Uh, getting to listen to Dwight actually talk about all of it uh, was really interesting. Um, at one point, I think he thought that the audio was completely going direct in. So he says to Jack Danger, I feel like I was really nervous. Did I do a bad job? Was it, was it horrible? And I'm just paraphrasing. But And Jack Danger says, no, you did a great job, man. Like, of course you're going to be a little nervous. The guy's a freaking computer programmer. He's not meant to be like a, a necessarily a public speaker or like a, a politician or even a marketing or communications rep. Dwight, if you're listening, you did a great job, bud. And you explained it really well, although sometimes frantic like myself. You explained it really well. You went off topic a little, but that's okay. A couple of the times when you're explaining the rules, I'm pretty sure that you screwed up John Borg's ball because you were putting your hands in the middle of the play field. And one time, definitely... Jack Danger was in the middle of a multi-ball and you were kind of explaining something and your hands were going right in front of the the play field and Jack Danger just turns and goes, thanks, Dwight. And so, but I mean, who cares? You were The most important thing was not that Jack Danger had a long ball, it's that us, the pinballers, your buds were figuring out how this cool game works and why we should get it and why we should buy it. And... um that brings me to a point that was going to be, I was going to do an entire podcast on this last week, uh, but luckily for you guys, I had lost my voice, so you get to hear it kind of squished in in the middle here, but this, I could have made this a podcast, it would have been a quick one, but I truly believe, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe it's because they wanted to release it at CES, but I truly believe Stern did not announce. Like I think this game, I think all three models were ready in December. Um, you know, we saw little hints with the pictures in the background and stuff like that. We basically all knew the Munsters was next. That being said, I believe they didn't officially release it, at least partially for this reason. And the reason is every person working, maybe not on the ground floor at Stern, but every high up person, every marketing person, um, every person in sales knew, without a doubt, that Iron Maiden and Keith Elowin killed it last year. So 2018, Iron Maiden is going to win everything at the Twippies. It won, if, if you, I don't want to give it away, but it won a lot of cool stuff in the PNAPs. If you haven't listened to that, go back there and take a listen. For those of you who don't know, the PNAPs are the Pinball Nerds Awards. So those are, sorry, the Pinball Nerds Podcast Awards uh, featuring yours truly. And I will just say this. 
without spoiling too much, Iron Maiden won a lot of stuff. Iron Maiden is a great game. It's going to go down in history as being a great game. I think it smoked Deadpool. I think it smoked pretty much every other game that came out last year. But in case you haven't listened to that, I won't give it away too much. So I believe that they knew that they had already hit a home run. And they thought, geez, the Munsters very well could be a massive home run as well. Do we really want... And maybe they don't care about the Twippies. Maybe no one there... Maybe Josh Sharp and Keith Elwin could give a, a rat's behind about who wins what in the Twippies and who wins what in the, the PNPAs, which they probably don't even know exist, but maybe someday will. And and maybe they don't care about, you know, all of that. However, a lot of people I know, even operators, try to only buy one new game per year, for instance. Also, a lot of people... Uh, a lot of people do really pay attention to the award shows and that sort of thing and actually listen to us podcasters from time to time. And I think because of people knowing that, uh, I think part of the reason, and now maybe it is just because they wanted to launch at CES. Could you think of a better place to launch, really? The whole world is watching Consumer Electronics Show, I believe it stands for. But basically, this is the biggest electronics show. If you're going to release something, this is where you release it. Am I right? So that being said, had they released it in December when it was ready to be released, when they were already producing it on the line, when they had already let the European distributors know that the you know the the pro was on its way soon and the premium and the LE were on were were coming, you know, when we all knew that the Munsters was next, they didn't want to admit it because as soon as they agree with you, boom, that's a twenty eighteen game, and if Stern is thinking it's possible. And I'll, I'll say it right now. I think that it's very possible. I haven't played it yet, but it's very possible that the Munsters is game of the year for 2019. And I know what you're thinking. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold your friggin' horses, Orbital Albert. You're going out of the gate. You're putting, you're putting the lobster ahead of the crab, man. Okay? No, I'm not. This game, it looks dope. This game looks awesome. It looks fun. It looks like, although I don't know if it's a better game than Iron Maiden, I think it could be a more fun game. And as you guys, a lot of you know, I did do a podcast called Could the Munsters Miss the Mark for the Masses? For those of you who listened to that, you know that what I was meaning is theme-related. Now, the Munsters was the 18th best show in 1964. So let's be honest, although it did have some, it, it did it did very well in reruns, actually, uh, when, when they syndicated it and started coming on all the way through the 70s. Yeah, it did great. I even watched it sometimes after school. If there was no, like, Inspector Gadget on or, like, DuckTales or, I don't freaking know, like, basically any cartoon. Yeah. I would watch it. Sometimes I think I watched it with my stepdad, Mr. Ian Morton. Uh, cheers to you, buddy. I don't think you even know that I have a pinball podcast. But, you know, um, maybe I'll mention it to you sometime and you might even listen. Maybe you'll hear this. But I do think I watched it on Nick at Night. I do believe uh, I watched it. And I, I think that I like the Munsters slightly better. It, it is extremely campy. And I mean to the point that if I were to get my teenage son Hayden to watch it... 
I think that he would not be able to get through an episode. Like, it would be tough. And I'm not going to lie, some of the campy parts of the video that comes on the Color DMD are a little hokey, but they're meant to be, so it's okay. And like I said in that original podcast, it's all about the gameplay. If the gameplay is awesome, nobody will care. Now, who will care is operators. But I mean competitive players, home use players. Home use players might care a little bit more about the theme when they're thinking about resale value. Um, But someone who's primarily someone who, who plays on location and plays a lot of tournaments, they are going to love this game. And that's why a long time ago I did the competitive players uh, rating because I truly believe that an operator, a collector, and a competitive player are all going to have different thoughts and feelings about not just even different pinball machines, but, you know, the difference between the pro and the LE and the premium. Um, And as far as that goes, I can tell you right now that because there's no lower play field on the pro, Although the Pro still looks fun, it still looks like a great game. Even if the LE and the Premium didn't have Grandpa's Basement and and the World Under Glass and the World Under Glass in the World Under Glass uh, in the basement, and they didn't have the double multi balls at once, it would still be a really cool game. You've still got the really cool Herman uh, hit toy. You've got the option of uh, starting the two ball. Herman multi-ball almost right away after you start the game. You just hit it once, I think, to um, freeze the ball there. Then you hit it again to release it. Um, And that starts a three ball. But even if you miss hitting that by the end, I think it automatically still starts a two ball. So this is a a fun game regardless. That might be another reason, by the way, why they took away the ball save, which I do kind of like because, as I mentioned, this game does run a little long sometimes. And... So it's not that there is no ball save on the game. The operator can choose to add in the ball save, which you might want to do if you are operating in a place with a lot of newer players coming in, because I could see how that would be a slight turnoff. But I think in competitive play, this game is meant to be, this game comes in box. Um, I believe Dwight Sullivan or maybe John Borg was talking about that. It might have been John Borg was saying that um, the entire like game is meant to be played without a ball save which i kind of like i don't know if that was i know uh josh sharp and zach sharp um wait i mentioned josh earlier but zach is the one who works for stern that's right sorry apologies thank god i remember this episode i don't have to do a correction episode this time yes um yeah so this game does not have a ball save right away however because it's got that very easy multi-ball to start, the two or even three ball, if you can even knock Herman once after getting the first ball on the magnet, if you can even hit him once in the next like 20 seconds, you're going to get a three ball multi-ball, kaboom, kablaoi, kachu to start like 10 seconds in. So that's part of the reason why. But I also know that Zach, one of the sharps, I think both of them, but probably Zach, uh, when I was listening to him on Pinball Profile, really doesn't like ball ball saves he mentioned, or someone mentioned that in a tournament when he was playing anyways. And, um, yeah, so I just, I think that Dwight did a great job. I think that, honestly, this is the one case where unless you're an operator or just a home use person, like, uh, I think even for home use, you would want at least the premium. I think the premium is definitely, definitely worth the money. I saw a couple people saying, oh, is the lower play field as stupid as ACDC? 
No, it's not. It is the coolest lower play field you've ever seen in your life, and it's going to blow your mind, so it is worth the extra money. Um, but moving on to number two, great game design. I've mentioned this several times. I'm going to pause here at number two and do a hats off to you, pinballer. That's right. I'm bringing back this to the show for 2019. So hats off to you, John Borg. This game setup looks stellar. Not only does it have four flippers uh, in, in everything but the pro, as you know, I'm a four flipper guy, so I want to be able to play on a game with four flippers. Um, but more importantly, just where both of the ramps are, they look like they have really good flow and they look like decent shots. Uh, even to the, the left side of it, um, they've got the Dragula, which is instead of Dracula, they've got Dragula, which is where you do a drag race. Um, during any of the multi-balls, if you complete uh, all of the, the, the Dragula, then you actually get an add-a-ball, and I love that feature. Um, it's just got all the shots that you want, and none of the... It doesn't look like there's any shots that are too narrow or bricky or really, really hard, like the lock shot from Deadpool. Like, it's got, like, every everything you'd want. It doesn't look like there's anything that's... It looks like it's got good flow to it. Um, it's got that shot for the hole that looks like it's uh, fairly commonplace that you'd find a good number of, uh, like, scoop shots. Like, I know on Metallica's got that kind of the same place there. Um, it's just, it's got everything. It's got not one, but two toys to bash away on. Um, and I will be speaking about where that next toy is in a second. So, number one, the most awesomestestest thing about the entire game, the most coolestestestest, the most dope, the most crazy awesome part of the whole thing is by far the lower play field, also known as Grandpa's Garage or Grandpa's Basement. Come on down to Grandpa's Basement, kiddies. So once you get down to Grandpa's Basement and you play in there, of course this, as I mentioned several times, is not available on the Pro, but the other two, once you get down there and you're playing, it looks like you have to hit uh, a straight-up orbit shot first, typically, on at least the first time you go down there. You have to hit both orbits from left and right. Um, the gravity of the tiny little balls down there looks really neat. I don't know if that is always done or not. I can think of several games where the mini playfields just use the regular ball, um, but I think at least one they use the miniature balls. So these are the tiny little pinballs that are down there. Um, there's also, it's, it looks so cute when you get multi-ball down there. You get cute little multi-ball after you hit both orbits, then you hit both ramps. Then I believe you smash the toy. Yes, that's right. There's a cute little toy down there in the very middle once you smash that bad boy once. Then you start a multi-ball down there. And then you can add time onto that multi-ball down there. And, and Dwight Sullivan was explaining that when you add time down there, it can add time to the mode that was paused up, up top. Like if you were in the middle of doing spot up top. Spot's the... I didn't mention this. So I should have mentioned this in the game design. I think spot is the cool little thing that pops out underneath the ramp that you try to hit. And then you hit him and then he goes down. And then you hit another shot and then spot comes back up. And so the ramp on the left, there's actually a cool little pop-up toy that comes up that you got to hit, right? Like a, a switch, basically, that you got to hit down there. Um, and then you can get, end up getting super jackpot after you've hit spot X number of times and then done the next ramp shot, then hit spot. 
Um, so that's just another cool thing. But that lower play field has... Um, I've never seen anything like it. It actually has its own little mini light show going down there. There's got to be like 10 inserts down there. Uh, there's a vertical uh, upkick thing in there. There's a bash toy. There's an orbit. Like, come on. You've got like a full orbit going both ways. You can actually... It's got two little miniature ramps with like the wire return and everything. And it just looks so cool. Anyways... I'm almost getting on to 30 minutes, so I better try to end this podcast. Thanks to all of you that made it to the end. I apologize if I went on a little bit, but it could have happened. I may have a new love in my life, and although I still love you, Beatles, it's possible, and I have to play it until I get further judgment, but it's possible that the Munsters has got me obsessed. So nice job, guys. If I did have to have a mini-beef for this show, because I am trying to do that, it's, I've never had my mini beef be about the same person as Hats Off, but I'm going to do it for the first time. When you were playing last night, John John Borg was playing, and when he was playing on, on the feed when I was watching it, he did say one thing that I don't really agree with or love. He did say that he never cradles up during multiball because he thinks it takes the fun away, and I don't agree with that. But, hey, if that's my only beef about the whole thing, it, overall it went pretty well. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Eat, sleep, breathe, Munster's Pinball.